It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. Hello, welcome to the Panacea Concept. Today is episode 170 of season three, that is. So I've probably done over 200 episodes so far. Uh, today is going to be a health-based podcast slash video um, that I can actually share to Instagram and the totalitarian social media platforms where I won't be censored because I do two types of episodes. I do one that's based on health uh, strictly and doesn't do too much of politics, although the two are seemingly intertwined. Um, and I do another type of episode where it's just uh, health-based but also politics based and that is um, because I believe it's necessary to move the conversation forward and I believe it's necessary for us to have a conversation um, in those areas comfortably because if we're not comfortable about being able to speak or speaking on certain topics, then we will not be able to progress in those topics. So I really don't agree with the um, the uh, typical, oh, don't speak about uh, politics or religion, or health, or anything like that. I speak about all of those things, because they're important, and we need to be adults about it. Um, and uh, yeah, so let's get into uh, today's uh, episode. So today is a case study, and this is my own case study on my food sensitivity test. I'll be doing more of these, because I've recently redid, or I've done a second a follow-up. I've done follow-up labs, and uh, not too many people do follow-up labs, and that's simply because they feel better. And uh, you know, they do the lab. They they identify what's going on with them. I help them uh, to rebalance those things. And then they feel better, and then they're like, okay, well, no need for uh, spending the the money all over again. Um, and yeah, they do cost a bit of money, but you know, I still think these things should be done yearly. And sure enough, uh, my my test prove that I, sh you know, we should be doing these things yearly. It's a, it's a moving target, and just because we have a snapshot of various areas of our health doesn't mean that the moving target isn't going to move, and that something else isn't going to kind of pop up and need to be addressed as well. So. Anyway, so I did um, three tests. So this is the first one. This is a food sensitivity test, the first one to come in. I do my own test. I consult myself um, on, on that area. Would I love to have a health coach at some point? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I wouldn't have to uh, dig too much on it. Uh, but for now, I'm doing my own. I'm coaching myself uh, with health anyway. Um, uh, I'm coaching myself. So, uh, And I coach uh, some you know, my clients and, and family members and, and things like that. So, uh, so pretty cool to be able to be, um, able to do this. And, uh, and I'm very grateful that I got the education, uh, that I have now, which actually, um, lets me know when things aren't feeling quite right. You know, what areas can I go to? Who can I ask um, to, uh, well, you know, what information do I need to know in order to kind of check on the foundation? These tests are super foundational, not covered by insurance. Big surprise because um, uh, I'll get a little political now, but yeah, that's because they're, I can't really separate the two. So um, 
the what insurance does pay for, but it shouldn't come as a surprise to you, isn't enough to actually get you healthy. It's enough to prevent, hmm, I wouldn't even say prevent, it's enough to, to get you on a drug. That's pretty much the healthcare system that we have. It's a sick care system where it's reactionary. You just do these, these tests, which are important, these yearly tests, whatever the uh, medical doctor deems appropriate. Um, and and over time, you know, think you know the tests are fine, but over time, uh, something might pop up, and then there you go. It, things are in the category of uh, diagnosable, uh, in the category of I can put a pill to that symptom, and then you end up on a pill for the rest of your life because you don't understand um, what the underlying root cause and balance is that led to those symptoms um, in the first place. So. Uh, I'll use myself as an example, just in case it's your first time listening to this podcast, uh, or in case you share it to someone who doesn't listen to this podcast um, as regularly as you do, uh, or you may. So um, I had hypothyroidism, and I had uh, arthritis. And what I come to find out once I first did these tests was that there were specific things I was eating that was leading to higher inflammation, which could lead to the joint discomfort that I had for over 20 years. The thing is that the mainstream or conventional, quote unquote, um, medical doctors, they don't really learn these things. They learn the emergency-based um, tests and and procedures and protocols to do, um, the pharmacology things to do uh, when they find these symptoms. So when they found, um, when they were able to diagnose, you know, when it met a certain criteria uh, and they were able to diagnose me with arthritis, you know, 20 years later, although I've been suffering with the same symptoms for a very long time since I was a, a little kid, um, they weren't, it, it didn't really fit anything, you know, like, okay, well, everything looks normal on these tests. So, um, the, so that's the big night and day difference there. Then eventually, uh, around the age of 30, maybe 28 or so, um, my, I got my hypothyroidism, uh, diagnosis and, and that simply meant that my TSH was high, which, which means hypo, uh, slow, slower thyroid, um, in case you're not familiar. Uh, and then I asked the, the question that I've been asking for my whole life was, why am I, why did this happen? You know, and, and I never got any answers from any of the doctors that I saw, the mainstream conventional uh, allopathic doctors. I never got an answer from them because they're not trained in the why, they're trained in the response. They're trained into the quick response with pills. Um, and it's a simplified version of health. It's a um, overused version of healthcare, and it and so all right. And my so my disclaimer is: I do not diagnose, cure, or treat disease. But the reason why that's really not important, and why I can still help people immensely, um, including including myself, thankfully, uh, is because that's not really. It's just terminology. Like, who cares about diagnosing, treating, or curing things? If you can remove the reasons for those things to take place in the first place, it's like um, first analogy off the top of my head. It's like there's a house on fire, right? Um, but there's only a few things flammable in it, so you remove those things so that the fire doesn't have anything to feed on. Well, then the fire goes out, 
like, okay, well, I'm not a firefighter, but I remove the things that led to that leads to fire. So, or I help, or even, okay, so if I was a coach and I was coaching someone how to put out a fire, I would say, hey, why don't you remove those flammable things? Um, you know, assume, a, you know, it's a weird analogy because houses in general are completely flammable, but, um, but let's pretend the house is, is mostly unflammable or not flammable. And anyway, um, and I would say, Hey, why don't you take, uh, you know, A, B and C out and let's see how that goes. The person takes it out. There's no more fire because the fire doesn't have anything to feed on. There's nothing to, to fuel it. And, um, fire's gone. Okay. Well, did I cure the fire? No. Did I diagnose the fire? I mean, I think anyone can diagnose a fire. Just point and you're like, okay, there's, there's a fire. But for legal reasons, I guess I wouldn't say, uh, that, that I did diagnose it. Um, and then, uh, what's the other one? Treat. Yeah. And then treat. Did I treat the fire? No. So, uh, that's basically my disease fire metaphor. I hope you enjoyed. Um, so let's move on to my food sensitivity test. So like I was saying, this one was huge. It showed me, um, all the tests are great, but, um, this one was a big eye opener for me because it showed a leaky gut or gut permeability because of page two, which we'll get into. Um, and, but it could also show leaky gut depending on, uh, page one as well. But, uh, so let's look at my first food sensitivity test, which I will, um, put as a, a little picture uh, overlay uh, in post editing. So I hope it turns out well. So let me know if you're watching the video, but if you're not watching the video, I'll, I'll talk you through everything. So the old food sensitivity test, it, it's, it has since been uh, upgraded and is the same price. So it's pretty cool. So the old food sensitivity test was like 94 data points, uh, different foods, and uh, proteins and, and things like that. And then the new one is, um, I believe, uh, 170 uh, different foods, herbs, spices. Um, it's a lot more robust of a test. Looks a bit different, looks a little bit nicer. So um, so anyway, so this one, the first one, my biggest markers that, that uh, was the biggest indicator of inflammation was uh, in the dairy category. So that was uh, casein cheese, cow's milk, um, whey, and yogurt were all pretty high. So if, if you're not listening or if you're not watching this, this there's a scale, right? That goes from left to right. And at the rightmost uh, edge is uh, two of those categories in the dairy section um, where it potentially is is actually off the chart. So that's how high I was having an IgG based um, response. So this is not a, a test that shows you why you are getting bloated. It is, it, this is not a test that shows you um, why you're having um, digestive issues that you can feel immediately. That's more of a digestive issue and not not an IgG based issue. What this is showing is a, is a is a delayed immune response that could potentially be implicated in in the harder to pinpoint uh, symptoms. So brain fog. That's right, brain fog. So if you're not thinking as quite as clearly, a food sensitivity could be implicated in that. Uh, joint pain, like I had, uh, could be implicated in that. You know, you have uh, some food that that's really inflammatory uh, from a IgG-based pers uh, perspective, 
And like two days later, maybe uh, for me, maybe my knees would be a little bit more stiff or it would be a little bit more painful or I'd have some random, quote unquote, random pain. Uh, well, this could be the uh, culprit. So uh, that's, that's why you would want to do a food sensitivity test. It's major. It is hard to pinpoint. Uh, like I said, 177 foods or something like that for the second test. Um, so, so the only way you would really be able to pinpoint this is by being really sensitive with your body, or uh, and uh, you know um, combine that with doing an elimination diet where it's very, very meticulous, uh, taking out or adding, taking out all the foods, basically all the all the. Um, uh, inflammatory foods, all the, um, the, the highest probability of causing an IgG, um, overreaction, uh, kind of thing. So uh, then adding that in one by one every two or three days, one food at a time, that's definitely going to take forever and you can easily mess up. And, uh, and like I said, you have to be sensitive with your body and you have to, um, be very meticulous. So uh, that's not the most realistic way of doing things. So I much more prefer doing these tests. So um, so anyway, so that's my little uh, thing for my, my little explanation of why I'm doing a food sensitivity test. So anyway, so, um, so dairy was a huge section. I was over, over uh, out of the charts. Over, yeah, and in at least one of those, uh, and who was that? Casein and casein. I believe I was off the chart on that one. Um, I also, you know what? And also forgot to say in the introduction. Uh, sorry, I am not dressed as I uh, try to be uh, uh, lately. As uh, I was, I came from a uh, from the gym, and so I'm still in my gym attire. So forgive me for looking a little bit more casual, but I wanted to get this episode in because of scheduling and all that. So here I am in my, um, my Captain America workout shirt. So anyway, back to it. So what's the next section that is, is a trouble? What, what, what uh, other foods were giving me trouble? Uh, so we have gliadin, which is, I believe, you know what, let me search it. I don't want to give you the wrong information. Um, because I was thinking, I mean, it's in the, um, grain section, but let me, I think it's a protein gliadin. Let me just make sure I spelled it right. Oh, with an I N gliadin and gliadin is, uh, yeah, it, it is. Well, okay. So I was right. It's, uh, has to do with gluten. Uh, so two main proteins in gluten is gliadin and, and, and glutenine. So glutenine and gliadin are, are part of gluten. So uh, so that one is in the orange. So that's kind of towards the, uh, the danger section, I suppose. And so gluten, not too, I don't do too well with. So that's both so far dairy and gluten, specific proteins. Uh, then we have egg whites next that I have trouble with, or had trouble with. Um, I'll show you the after, what it looks like a year and four months later when I, I'm more conscious of these things and eliminated, eliminated for the most part, I eliminated these things for a very long time. So, But what happens if I eat 
uh, eat out occasionally. I can't control what people put in their foods. I don't know the specific uh, uh, ingredient list unless, you know, of course, you have the option of, of getting that information. If you say you're allergic to things, I'm sure by law, every restaurant will be happy to uh, make sure that you're not going to subject yourself to an allergy. But this is a food sensitivity. This isn't something a lot of people know about. So um, yeah, so egg whites is in that danger zone and egg yolk is getting there. So it's almost halfway. Uh, next up we have, yep, and then that was it for the foods uh, for the most part. Yeah, that was it for the foods. So then the last thing, which was a big uh, wake-up call about inflammation and leaky gut or ex or hyper intestinal permeability, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I had uh, in the miscellaneous section of the old food sensitivity test by um, a, a specific lab. It doesn't really matter the lab. I mean, this is a good lab, so it does matter the lab. But uh, but I'm not gonna say. You know, you can probably look it up. It's already it's Great Plains at the time of doing this test, but it may change if there's a better lab. So Candida albicans is also a food on the food sensitivity test and has an IgG-based response. So what does that mean? I'm not eating Candida, right? Uh, I'm not uh, eating, for the most part, I'm not eating yeast or baker's yeast or brewer's yeast but it uh, shows up on this test. Why is that? And that's because there's at some point um, an escape proteins, larger escape proteins that didn't break down, um, and that includes the candida, that went into the bloodstream, and I had an immune reaction to it. So, And it's off the charts when it comes to the baker's and brewer's yeast off the charts so that means a lot of inflammation so those are my what one two three so like four sections three or four sections were uh troubling everything else good so uh let me show you the follow-up so this is a year and i believe four months later is uh, the follow-up that I just did, pretty awesome. Still some surprises. So uh, here we go. So gluten, wheat gluten, very, very low. So if I do eat gluten, it's so rare that I'm not developing too big of an inflammatory reaction to, um, to it. Oh, okay, I skipped over a section. My bad. So uh, let's go back to dairy. So we know how the before was with dairy. Uh, the uh, certain things were in the red, and that whole section of dairy was pretty, uh, pretty bad. It was orange and red for the most part. So, uh, so now a year and four months later, what does it look like? Oh, is it 190? It's a 190 things that are tested on this food sensitivity test. So that's pretty cool. Um, so casein is still it's below halfway, so that's great. The cow's milk is in the yellow. So when I do get uh, the occasional cow's milk uh, product from most likely eating out, uh, then then it yeah it's it's ranging it's it's in that danger zone. So I still want to stay away from cow's milk. Yogurt is still it's it's close to halfway, so not too much to worry about. So that is a, a night and day difference a year and four months later. Um, one thing to know is, is that these this IgG response can be in the bloodstream for a very long time for like eight months so uh so if it, if a year and four months later 
I'm still I'm still pretty good with with the, the dairy section. That means I'm doing a good job. So um, and you know, like I said, I'm not completely in avoiding these things. And I could I don't really care for cow's milk products anymore like I used to. And and um, the only time I eat yogurt is when it's with uh, Indian food and they kind of put it in there on the side or something like that. Uh, and that's about it. So uh, very occasionally. Um, next we have, I'm great with beans and peas and fruits and grains are all in like very, very minimal, uh, response, IgG response. We have gliadin again, which I just went over and that one is in the green. So there's a, a dark green and a slightly lighter green. And that just means that's slightly out of the first section. There's four sections. So I was like, I would say 26% of the, of the bar is filled with gliadin. So that means I'm doing a great job avoiding gluten. And, um, and you know, and like I said, I'm not overly concerned about these things. And, um, and I'm still doing, having, I'm still having a pretty good response. Uh, oh, you know, a banana is starting to come up. That was a surprise. Okay, so I'm still good with bananas though, and I eat like two of those a day, so not a, not too big of a deal with bananas. Uh, wheat gluten is also in in I would say about twenty eight to thirty percent of the bars full on that one, so not a bad response. Uh, when then oh this one okay so here's here's where the surprises come in a year and four months later did a ton of work I did a CBO protocol which is a um, candida bacteria optimizer protocol they changed the name um, and then I did a gut rebuilding protocol as well for the um, for the uh, lack of integrity structural integrity of the epithelial uh, one you know, single cell lining of the gut uh, so um, so I helped my gut restore its integrity um, for uh, with natural products and things like that and it took it took time yeah these things took time it's not a a, a, a quick pill fix I took um, three months for the uh, rebuilding, breaking down, and rebuilding, rebalancing my my microbiome, and then I spent another three months or so uh, taking some products that help with leaky gut. Um, and I'm not going to say it cures it because once again, if you re reintroduce this inflammation or the fire, it will um, come back. That's it, kind of it's kind of predictable. The same way you got sick the first time, you'll get sick the second time. Um, in pretty much more or less the same way. So anyway, so the big surprise here is in the nuts and seeds section. So I do, I was completely fine with nuts and a year and four months ago, but now with my completely revamped gut um, and uh, we have peanuts is in the red. So my biggest concern now and something I have to eliminate from my diet now is peanuts. So I eat peanut butter um, for breakfast uh, with, with other things, not just straight peanut butter out of a jar. Um, I eat peanuts every day for breakfast, um, except for days where I fast. And it is in the red. So if I was going with the percentage of the bar that's full, I would say like 90% full. So that's a complete night and day difference from a year and four months ago where I was fine with all nuts. I was, it was basically the big three. It was um, 
uh, eggs, dairy, and gluten were my biggest concerns. And of course, the uh, loss of the leaky gut. I'll just say leaky gut. So peanuts, I have to eliminate it. So here comes the point where a lot of people um, who are not used to uh, basically getting success with their health and and putting in the effort to to get you know, accomplish their goals. Here's where the struggle starts, and I, and I'll be completely honest with you because I like to be honest. I think it's better way of of being um, is that uh, I didn't want to hear that I had an issue with peanuts. I don't want to stop eating peanut butter, but I want to be healthy, and being healthy is more important than eating peanut butter. So I am. I already stopped it. I got the test results yesterday. Um, this is fresh news for you and uh, and for me. And I'm not eating peanuts anymore. I'm gonna get rid of um, the products that I have in my that I, I'm still able to return, and I'm not going to uh, reintroduce it into my diet for months. So, um, so yeah. So there you go. That's I'm I'm letting go of what's making me sick. Uh, I that's. Seems like a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised how many people psychologically are not really willing to get healthy if it means giving up anything, you know, any sort of change. Um, and this is why I've been spending more time on the mindset type of episodes where I'm helping you psychologically understand why you wouldn't be your own best health advocate or life advocate why you wouldn't want to um, uh, you know be successful and and that's sounds strange like you would think everyone would want to be successful and do anything in their power to be successful but everyone doesn't everyone has these um, uh, upper limit um, upper limit kind of uh, thresholds where if they if they're used to mediocre life and they start experiencing a, a better one or there's a possibility of experiencing a better life, they will sabotage themselves. You know, they will self-sabotage. They'll, um, they'll limit themselves. They'll um, cause all sorts of issues or, or roadblocks in their way because they, in some way, they're relating change and success. They're relating it to something negative. So, um yeah, so it's a big, it's a big thing I'm passionate about um, helping people understand and get over because they need to get over it and and realize, um, you know, if, if they want success. So <laughs> it's, it should it should be uh, it should be something to work on. So anyway, so just what peanuts so far is like the only thing to worry about. That's pretty cool. Um, and we're going to the next section, which is getting above the 50%. The next one to worry about is ginger. So I eat ginger every day for breakfast. Is it potentially that I'm eating both peanuts and ginger every day that's leading to a accumulation of IgG-based uh, response? Possibly. Um, but I got to let my immune system relax. Right now, it's, it's uh, especially when it comes to peanuts, right now it's, it's, um, it's an alarm mode. It's just building and building and building and building. So I need to, you know, uh, if I want to be healthy, I need to let it be healthy. And that's a lot of people think they need to add something to their life. But a lot of times the best way to start really revamping your health 
is to eliminate things from your life, to take out the stress, to take out certain foods, to uh, fast, to, um, well, sweating. I would say sweating is kind of an elimination, kind of borders, because you're adding the activity of, of, of Asana, but you're also eliminating the um, toxins through sweat. So it's kind of like both. Um, all right, and is that it? And then, oh, right, right, right. Okay, so then on the, they changed this um, test a bit and they added a, a, a second document, a second PDF for um, page two. So the leaky gut, the brewer's yeast and al uh, candida albicans section is now in a separate PDF. Why can't they can't put it in uh, one PDF? I'm not sure, but anyway. So here we have a moderate concern with yeast and candida now. So now it's no longer uh, above the red, uh, off the charts or anything like that. Now it's just moderate. So not, not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see, uh, you know, I want to have yeast and candida not in my blood. But like I said, these markers can last for eight months. And who knows, maybe I was, uh, maybe there was a few occasions where I was eating out or um, had some type of stress that, that led to, to leaky gut or something like that. And yeast and candida, uh, leaked out into my bloodstream. And, and this is like the eight months marker who knows, but I will be looking to, uh, do those, um, what do they call it? heal the heal and seal, uh, protocol, which is, um, exactly how it sounds. It's uh, aimed to help restore in, uh, structural integrity to the gut lining. Um, not a cure, not a, not a treatment or anything like that. Um, some of the, 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 the uh, ingredients are, too are pretty interesting. Uh, while they may uh, while they they help with with uh, gaining structural integrity again, you know, um, resealing the gut wall, they also have uh, some of them have antiviral properties, which is pretty interesting. I didn't really know about it uh, when I took it at the time a year uh, ago or more. Um, but uh, but yeah, it could also double as antiviral. So pretty interesting. Um, and no, that doesn't mean that I'm saying. And I have to do this disclaimer because. Um, the crazy social media platforms that I post to um, are, like I said, crazy. So um, the, the this doesn't mean it's treating a virus. This is uh, something that's antiviral in the way that nature has things that are anti-microbial, uh, antibacterial, anti-viral. Uh, Same thing. You know, it, it's um, it's not meant as a quick fix. It is a preventative measure like vitamin D helps with your immune system. It helps um, with your cellular barriers so that the virus it, it has a harder time penetrating the uh, cells. So anyway, so I hope you enjoyed the food sensitivity episode here it was it's something i really enjoy and this this has been life-changing for me because um i've been ac actually experiencing 
uh, symptoms again, like I had a year ago, and I was and I didn't know why. I was like, "What's going on? Why do I have a little bit of brain fog um, lately? Why are my joints a little bit tighter than they used to be after you know a year and a half? What's going on?" Um, so now I know it's it's peanuts. <laughs> it's peanuts um, is getting up there, and that could potentially be linked to the uh, brain fog that I had recently. Um, my uh, nose is a little bit stuffier than it was because after the CBO protocol and the uh, heal and seal protocol, I felt great for a very long time. And, uh, and then I then I started to slowly decline. And then I did a uh, two weeks detox and I felt great again. Um, but some things kind of came back, uh, which were the, uh, the stuffy nose and I want to say, I want to say brain fog. Everything else uh, improved. Oh, and, and maybe a bit of uh, joint discomfort. So I felt like really uh, uh, like, okay, what do, what do I do now? So luckily I always have these tests to fall back on. Uh, you don't have to do them every you know six months or anything, but it, I mean, it is something that can really guide you in, in a very good uh, direction. So anyway, uh, I believe that's all the thoughts I had to share on this. So if you have any questions about anything, feel free to reach out at Matthew at RootsLVLWellness.com. Um, and the promo, right, there's a pretty cool promo. I don't, I, I kind of, uh, I was expecting to have a cooler promo uh, for you if I, I want to, again, be perfectly honest. Um, so there you have a free, right now if you purchase anything at equa.life, that's E-Q-U-I dot L-I-F-E. Um, if you purchase $200 of anything, a lab, then you, uh, for example, anything, uh, you can get a free male or female hormone test, which is not the one that I have talked to you about before. It's a smaller one and an incomplete one. So that's right. So I, I want to point out, this is a promo. I'm doing a promo um, so that you can get something for free, but I'm not talking it up. I just want to point that out because I, I want to be completely 100% um, integral. I want to have integrity when I promote things. If I don't feel like it's the best thing, I'm not going to say it's the best thing. So here's here's where here's who I would recommend this for. So it's a it's a partial test. So it's a male or female hormone test with about three markers. So uh, the female one has estrogen, DHEA, and progesterone. And uh, so those three markers to test. And the male one has testosterone and uh, believe estrogen, just two markers, I believe. Um, anyway, so it's not a complete test. And I've talked about this before. So I'm a bit kind of, I'm a, I'm a bit conflicted with it because I, I want Equal Life to do well. I think it's a good company. I think it's a great company. And they do a lot of things really well. Um, but I can't just recommend something that's not a complete test for people who haven't had a complete test yet. So I would recommend a complete test paid for full price uh, over this free test if you've never had a complete functional medicine um, at home uh, hormone test, a thyroid adrenal hormone test, or a stress mood and metabolism test. I would recommend that one before I would recommend this one. Um, it's not like the other lab giveaways. Those were complete tests. The um, omega-3 test, that was a complete test. I, so I can wholeheart wholeheartedly re recommend those. And they gave that for free as well uh, a few months ago.
I could wholeheartedly recommend the hair tissue mineral analysis. That is an awesome test. It was a complete test. This one is a partial test. And honestly, I think it's only good for people who are retesting and and that was the section where they were off, um, but still comes in a far second place to taking the complete test. But again, you know, budget-wise, it is free. So if you are never going to take a functional medicine test because you never feel like you have enough money, which that's a whole mindset thing uh, to work on. I'll definitely, I'll definitely say that right now. Um, then, um, then yeah, you can do this test for free. Um, otherwise, I would save up the money and I would, you know, purchase things and and uh, rake in those points and potentially you can get get the uh, test free that way in time. So. Um, Either way, I, th I don't think there's too many people who can't afford these tests um, because it's your health. You know, like if you if you were hospitalized and you had to pay, you know, five, ten thousand dollars or whatever to the hospital, um, you know, over five years, you would do it because you pretty much have to unless you have to unless you do like a bankruptcy thing or something like that. But you would do it because you needed to get that help. And in the same way, in a similar way, this is. Um, as important because this, this this is your life and this is your health and these tests um like i was saying before you can have these issues for decades and not understand why or you can understand why and get rid of those um issues so you know assuming again that you want to get better so um anyway so that was my promo slash um honest promo slash uh uh, <laughs> moment of honesty. I don't, I, yeah, like I said, um, not the best lab giveaway in my opinion. So, but I think it's because the lab is very expensive and they can't, and they couldn't really give it away for free because it's a 450. If you get it with me, it's a $450 test normally. Um, and a $500 test, uh, regularly if you get it just with equal life and um and with consultation um so giving that for free would be probably uh really insane the hair tissue mental analysis i think maybe borderlines like 200 250 so it's like half the price of the uh of the hormone test so anyway this this stuff this stuff you're you're paying for people to analyze uh, bodily fluids that came from you and accurately you know like that doesn't that isn't cheap <laughs> to, to pay scientists and to have the equipment to do that so um, and you don't want any you really don't want cheap you don't really want something that you pay 40 bucks for and you just get an email that says here's your results so then you can't really know if you want if you trust the results or not and you're not going to have a consultation to know what to do with it anyway so basically it's like throwing away 40 bucks um so anyway uh, have a great day i'll see you on the uh, next panacea concept where it'll be a news-based episode take care see you then bye